This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. Well, welcome to Dragonheart. Sorry, we've had a couple of weeks off because it's personal circumstances for both. We couldn't, couldn't make time to do it, unfortunately, but we're gonna, we've, we've finally sat down and got to do one, which is brilliant. Uh, we're going to be covering a few recent games. We're going to talk about our favourite away days. We've got the unfortunate news of Alan Fox to talk about. Gressford, the Gressford disaster as well to talk about. We've got Joey Jones, who's back at the race course. Mm. And we've also got a few other little bit, bits and bobs to talk about. How, how's things, Mark? Yeah, not bad at all. Um, because with a big game at the Stockport match coming up, I'm feeling kind of excited. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm positive and ready to get on the front foot here. Big one, El Cashico. Can't wait. <laughs> Let's do this. This is Dragonheart. I'm Aaron Hayden, and this is Dragonheart. Well, because we haven't been able to cover each individual game recently, me and Mark are going to be talking just our general position in the league table. We're going to talk about our recent results and how we've been playing, what we like, what we think could be improved. Uh, yeah, everyone talks about still gelling. I think that's true, but I, I also think, I don't know, there's been some games where we've managed to control play and some games where we haven't. Maybe I should even rephrase that. There have been games where we've controlled it for parts and not others. And yeah. I sometimes wonder, are we looking to just quickly pass it forwards and cause a threat? Or are we hoping to control play and haven't quite got that midfield balance right yet? I mean, the, the, the Woking... Walking. Dagenham game is a wonderful example of mm. it. I mean, that first half was utterly sensational. Yeah. But we didn't make really any chances, in all honesty. And then in the second half, we rode our luck. The Woking game was similar in that I think we made more chances in that game, but we only got one goal. And I, I don't know. I'm happy. Please don't get me wrong. I, I am genuinely happy. And I do feel that we'll be able to kick on, solidify, and get better. Um, I'd be more concerned if I was a Stockport fan yeah. leaking goals like they are the one thing that doesn't quite add up for me is that we're we're getting on top of games but we're not scoring goals and yet I, I, I can't honestly say oh well the strikers aren't operating because I think Hyde and Mullen look excellent yeah. do, do you know what I mean it, it's my, my slight concern is just I can't put my finger on what it is that's not quite right. Maybe it's just luck. Maybe we just need things to drop our way a bit more because I, 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 I honestly can't look at the strikers and think, oh, we should have scored more. Or Mullen's having a bad run. Or Hyde's not doing it because they're both doing very well. I can't look at midfield and say they're not playing well because they are. The wing-backs are getting up and, and, and are causing problems to the opposing sides. So I don't really see much that's wrong. And yet it doesn't nerve me a little bit that we're not making as many chances as we should do and not scoring as many goals as we would like to, if mm. that makes sense. I would argue that we are still gelling. You've got to remember yeah. we've been we've played quality side after quality side. Yeah. You know, everyone thought Woking would be the easiest game that we've had mm -hmm. so far. They they were quality side and they really called us caused us a scare. So yeah. Uh, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. I think we've had a fantastic start, considering the teams we played, and we've got another couple of hard games after this. We, mm. I think we've got a bit of an easier November, December time, haven't we? So that's when yeah. we've got to really make the points count. So say if November, December, we're still sitting here thinking, oh, we're not killing off games. It's getting a bit nervy still, and we're playing Wealdstone and mm. Kings Lynn. 
that's when it's time to worry a little bit. But the moment we are playing good sides, those teams came down the bottom. We were fairly ruthless against them last season. We've yeah. got to be ruthless against them this season because we've had such a, a sort of uh, improvement in personnel, haven't we? Yeah. But yeah, I'm not trying to be critical, and I am happy. Yeah. But and as you say, I mean that fist fixture list. The only side I would say that we've played so far that won't be genuinely thinking they should be contenders for at least the playoffs is Woking. But to be fair to Woking, they've turned professional over the summer, so maybe they do feel a bit more ambitious. And also, they were in cracking form when they arrived, yeah. so even if they are a side that will tail off, which has happened to them the last couple of seasons, the truth of the matter is, when they arrived against us, they were flying. Yeah. So even then, they're, they're a good side. So we have had a tough start to the season, and, and I'm very, very happy with where we're at. Well, talking Woking, I'm speaking to a lot of their fans, they, they think they're going to be a top 10 side. Fair so. play, yeah. And I think watching them, I can't yeah. see why they can't make a push for the playoffs. They played well against us, yeah. didn't they? Fair yeah. play. They yeah. did. And, you know, we've played South End, where from the sounds of things, I didn't get to watch the full 90 minutes, I only watched the highlights, yeah. which I don't really like watching just highlights because you don't really get an accurate picture of the game. Yeah. It sounded like South End had the better game than us for the most part, but we've come back from two down to then. <laughs> making it a, a draw a draw in that game which is a good sign yeah. you're not losing that sort of game against a tough side in South End yeah. we, we play Grimsby away against a, in a packed stadium on a Tuesday night you kind of expect to lose those games you see I don't I know that, you that, don't, that's, that's the one game I'm on I'm, I'm not going to say unhappy that's, that's the poor game out of the seven the other six I'm happy with and like I said the South End match to be honest with you I think that Everybody felt a bit more negative about that than we should have been. Yeah. We were worth the point in that game. Uh, yeah. They were they were no better than us. They made chances. We made chances. Um, no, that I was, uh, we didn't keep the ball very well. We didn't pass the ball very well in the South End game, but we did get the ball forwards and make opportunities. The Grimsby game, we did not pass well and we didn't make enough chances. Um, but I'm not happy unhappy about losing to Grimsby away. It's I'm, not a shock yeah, to lose not, at Grimsby, it's not I agree. To the system, yeah, yeah. But... I was if out of all the games I was most disappointed at Notts County because we had chance after chance after chance yeah, and yeah. didn't put them away. We could have won that game five 0 yeah. and it would have been a reasonable reflection of the game. Right? Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's more that frustration of good performance but not the results at the end of it. Yeah, but yeah, the Grimsby game I thought was poor. Um, to be honest with you, I know we could have got back into it and I know that the third goal comes because we're overcommitting at the end, but. Uh, we, I didn't think we did. We, I, I didn't think we deserved to get anything out that game. To be honest with you, I did think we deserved to get something at the South End game. Even though I think a lot of people viewed that as, oh, we haven't played as well as normal. But I, I was perfectly happy with that match. I, that was an equally tough match, and I thought that we would, yeah, uh, we, we, we didn't deserve to lose that. We did deserve to lose to Grimsby. I thought, to be, to be frank. But we are sitting at a good place. I yeah. think. I think. You know, with the run we've had, and we still got Stockport to play next, which could well, it's a colossal game, isn't it? And then we have Aldershot that I've not really looked into them this season, and then we have Chesterfield at home, don't we? Mm. Who are sitting in top of yeah, the league. Yeah. So again, it's three games on the bounce after this, which are going to be really tough. If we can carry on not losing games and chipping points, getting points when we don't deserve mm. to necessarily get points. It's good yeah. for me. I really do like the look of this team so far. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Those three games you mentioned, that sequence. Because I mean, clearly, Stockport, Chesterfield catch the eye massively. Yeah. That older shot game really interests me. Midweek game between two message matches like that. But for me, 
that is the first of the games this season where I'm thinking, right, we need to just, no messing, just beat them. I know it's a way as older shot. I, I, you know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to them, but I would argue they're not a, of the calibre of the teams we've played so far and they're not a team with that ambition of getting in the playoffs yeah. that we've played so far. So on paper, and I'm really not trying to belittle them, I'm just saying on paper, that's the easiest game we've had so far this season. Let's not slip up on that, please. Yeah. Let, you know, let's not focus on these two big matches because all the shots again, I think in our current state, we need to be going and, and just winning there. No mess, just, let's just win there. And yeah. this is the thing I, we were thinking about. We were saying this about Aldershot, funnily enough, this time last season. Yeah. Oh, we should be winning this game, and they beat us 3-0. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we've got three tough games coming up, but I'm really confident in this side. I really think we have genuine quality from the goalkeeper keeper up to the striker. Strikers, haven't we? It's just... Yeah. Real, real quality. Oh, Leinton's reminded us of his um, importance with that save at the end against Dagenham, which was and was Wilkin. outrageous. And so, Wilkin as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's yeah, and that's the sign of a good keeper, especially the Wilkin game where he didn't really have much to do, mm. and then he comes out up with some brilliance towards the end, isn't it? It's, yeah. It really shows that he is a league standard goalkeeper. Yeah. Oh, he's a, he's a he's a great keeper, isn't he? You yeah. know, I mean, fair play to him. Um, and the defence, you know, I, I think we're conceding more chances than maybe we'd like to. Yeah. But the individuals in the defence are very good. And hats off to Cleworth, who hasn't just... You know, you sometimes get freak appearances by players first, second match of the season, don't you? Um, uh, but Cleworth has stayed in the first-team squad, with Harry Lennon still coming back to f full fitness. Yeah. He's stepped in there. And even though Brisley was fit enough to be on the bench at South End, it's still Cleworth who's used as the cover for Lennon and it's brilliant to see him developing I think Toes is an excellent centre-back I mean he should be <laughs> to be frank yeah. Hayden uh, I love that guy yeah. um, we've got really good players there I think there are little areas we need to tighten it up a little bit into units but as individuals they've all had good starts of the season all the new signings have shown what they can do McAlinden um, standing in, in midfield for Jordan Davis and then you're thinking wow well, how do you drop him when Jordan Davis exactly. is fit Exactly. I'm a bit smug about Clareworth because I remember you saying to our season preview, yeah. I'd like to see him go to a National League club and then I said, Well, if he's good enough to go to a National League club, he's good to be on our he's good enough to be on our in our squad and I think I'm right yeah, in saying right, yeah. that he, he he's more than good enough. I think yeah. he's yeah. of real genuine quality and he could definitely be playing at higher level when yeah. he gets older. He's he's showing a lot of maturity in his game for a really important Roles for the free uh, when you're playing three three five two like we're playing, every centre back plays a really important role, don't they? And it's interesting as well to see how he's developed in that first game of the season at Solly Hull. They put him in the centre of the three, and I think there might have been an element of hiding him a little bit there, so that he wasn't vulnerable as one of the wider centre backs because it was his league debut. Let's not forget. Whereas by now, no, no, you put him in his correct position. He's got a gap outside him where um, records bombing on, and it's okay because we trust him. He's, he's come on leaps and bounds, which is not a huge surprise. Like like you're saying, he needed more first team experience, and yeah. I'm delighted to see him getting it with us. He's a brilliant job. Uh, and you've just mentioned record as well. I think the two wing backs yeah. have been excellent so far yeah. this season. I think records really come into his own, and French has been. Just excellent, isn't he? The biggest compliment you can pay French is that we lost one of our very best players to a long-term injury first game of the season, and um, we're playing as if we we're playing as if that didn't matter. 
because yeah. he's filled in brilliantly, hasn't he? Yeah, he's been he's been excellent. I and I always favoured him more as a right sided centre back, yeah. but now I'm thinking after watching these games, he's he's yeah. he's got all the attributes to be a fantastic right wing back at this level as well. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I've seen some comments on social media of people sort of saying, "Oh, you know, what have they done to French to make him a, a, such a, a better player than he was last season?" And I don't I don't agree with that. I think French looked good last season. Um, it's just he wasn't getting many opportunities because Hall Johnson was playing exceptionally well, yeah. and the back three once Pearson got fit was also settled. Yeah. So he wasn't getting enough opportunities. Um, I've seen the sort of suggestion that that's a criticism of Keats that he looks better this season. I don't buy that at all. Keats spotted him. Keats brought him in. Uh, I think Keats used him well, but. Given the run in the team, he looks tremendous. Yeah. And I thought it was interesting that when he has played centre-back this season, he's been left-sided. So he's using a stronger foot to cover the inside uh, and give a bit of solidity. And he's done really well at centre-back, I think, on yeah. that left-sided role. Yeah, he has. He has. And we need to get into one, to, uh, one part of the pitch where I think has come up with the most criticism so far, I think, is the midfield. Um, what's your view on the midfield so far this season? I think James Jones is tremendous. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I may going to say this again I guess I think individually I'm very impressed as a unit okay maybe they've not always controlled games as we'd have liked them to but again are we looking to do that um, I don't know are we looking to pass quickly vertically through the lines which means we're not controlling possession we're hitting teams hard once we got that ball back um, in which case maybe we don't look to them to control the tempo of the game like you might when you're playing you know the sort of football we played in that 98 point season where yeah. we're dominating possession I think Jones is a superb player I think he suits that style of play perfectly the way he's getting the ball I mean the, the goal against Dagenham was the perfect example of it you watch that video I love the way Toza gets it and Jones drops off initially and it's almost like he's um drawing Toza's attention to what he's about to do. He just drops off a little deeper as if to get in his eye line and say, look at this, Ben, watch, then play me in. And then he does it, and then he suddenly spins, comes into a pocket of space between the Dagenham midfield and, and defence. And it's like he's, he's he's almost like saying to Toza, just, just watch me and then play it in. And once he's played it in, he's found that space between the lines. Couple of touches and he's moved it on. It's all very vertical, straight to Mullen. Mullen scores. And, and he's very good at that sort of thing. And he works extremely hard. And when I was editing the highlights, I was looking and realising how many important instants had him doing something important in it. At the time, I thought he's played okay. But you really notice when you look back again, mm. like the early chance they had when uh, Villette just had a wild slash at it in the end and put it wide. But McCallum had a real chance there, but he stopped because Jones has got in among, into his penalty mm. area and got a really good tackle in on McCallum or McCallum's got a clear size of goal. And just little things like that. I like Jones a lot. And Young is a similar player, I think, as well. We know his strengths and weaknesses. Um, yeah, I... I, I, I and then Jordan Davis, seems got injured, but has been showing the qualities that we know of him. Yeah, of course. And Dave, Dave Jones has looked pretty... Yeah, yeah. He's looked solid, apart from the, the Woolwick game. Apart from when he comes off the bench. Yeah, apart from when he comes <laughs> off the bench. He, he's, he's obviously a solid, experienced mm. head, who's obviously good to have around the dressing room with yeah, yeah. enriched experience. Uh, McElindon as well, he's looked Obviously, lively, yeah. skillful. Yeah, yeah he, he could be a really tremendous player. I feel sorry for Jordan Davis. It's going to be a task for him to get back into the first team, isn't it? Well, it's good to have strength and depth, yeah. isn't it? I can't imagine Jordan being out of that team for long. No. Um, 
but McAlinden, he's he's very quick with the ball to his feet. Again, very direct. You can see there's been a strategy of how we want to play yeah. in a certain way. We've brought in players who can do it, and um, I love his ability to suddenly change pace and direction and just leave people for dead. The number of times he does that where he's facing his own goal and plays slow down a touch and then all of a sudden, whip, 180 degrees, bang, and he's run, and he's run between two men and he's opened everything up. He's, a, he's an exciting player. I like that if we're going to play like that with Davis or McLinden maybe slightly ahead of the other midfielders, they offer something very different, don't they? Yeah. Davis is all about killer passes and... and threats from range, you can hit it from 25 yards and McElinden is more of, he'll suddenly dart in, he'll link up with the striker he'll run and beat somebody, they offer different things and I think that's that's good as well. And if it's not working with Davis, you stick on McElinden for the last 20 minutes, yeah. it's going to be a handful for the opposition's mm. defence, especially at this level Yeah, or you drop, Davis can play centre mid yeah. as much as he can attacking mid yeah. I like him in attacking mid because we saw last season just how much damage he can do at this level if he plays off off the strikers. But yeah, do we need the holding midfielder that everyone talks of? Do we need the playmaker everyone talks? I'd say those are the two things we're lacking. Yeah, why not? We've got the money to spend. Why not? Why not bring in more quality out quality players off the midfield? I like a a sort of like a destroyer sort of type of yeah. defender to co- uh, defensive midfielders come in. And see off games, maybe. Yeah. Like a like a Danny Williams back in the yeah, day yeah. sort of thing would be excellent, wouldn't it? But yeah, I don't think it's as needed as much as people make out, but come January, why why not bring in extra phases as well? Yeah, yeah. It is the sort of thing we lack. I mean, to be fair, if you play of a high defensive line, there's not much space between the lines, maybe you don't need that destroyer. Yeah. Because there's no there's no space for him to destroy in, if you like, but it's good to have variety. Isn't it really? But like I said, if if we're not really controlling players, stuff you don't need a Dean Keats to get a foot on the ball and move it around, because if we are looking to hit teams quickly, yeah. But like I said, there have been spells like the Notts County game at the first half against Dagenham where we really have dominated possession yeah. as well. Um, it's good to have both, isn't it? I I can't help. I know I've said this before, and I do apologise. It sounds a bit silly, but it is a sort of. We've, we've been quite possession-based for a long time, I think, Wrexham, and you can often tell how well we're playing by how well we're controlling the ball and controlling possession. And now we've got more of a sort of early Liverpool Klopp style of driving forwards quickly and early. And the thing we need to develop now, just as, I know it's a silly comparison, Klopp's Liverpool and Wrexham, I know, but <laughs> we, we need to do what they did to make them really effective which was Klopp brought in the heavy metal football, the direct attacking play, the risk taking. But he also, as time went on, and he was able to bring in better quality players, also brought in the control of the ball. And it was that direct aggressive play that won the Champions League because they were tearing teams apart, especially at Anfield. And then in games like the quarterfinal at Man City, where they were under pressure and it could go wrong, they've always got, as we've said about Wrexham, that goal power. Even though City are outplaying them, yeah, but Mo Salah, Sadio Mane, suddenly bang bang, oh, they scored two away goals. Oh well, good night, you know. But then they developed, they won the league because they still had that, but they also had the ability to control the possession yeah. and and dominate a game. And that's the thing I'm not sure we've quite got yet. And maybe that's just part of our progress that we'll develop that. And I know we're not Liverpool, I know, but 
that's our level we sort of are, aren't we, at the yeah. moment? You know? The key is, yeah, and you just mentioned goal power. Um, we've got an abundance of... Uh, I've got to say this, Paul Mullins should not be playing for Wrexham. He, no. He's he's probably one of the best strikers I've seen for a long, long time at the race yeah, course. Yeah, it's just an excellent player, isn't he, really? I mean, <laughs> just his movements, his creativity. He can hold up the ball well as well, yeah, can't yeah. he? And, uh, I mean, just the fact that he scores that delicious goal against Dagenham um, which is an exact copy of the Curzon Ashton one but yeah. we did that one with his other foot yes that's that's ability isn't it you know what I mean <laughs> well players of our level don't yeah, usually exactly. find that sort of space to kill yeah. whipping the ball I remember being on commentary and thinking oh this is going wide whoa it's gone yeah, yeah, in yeah. like sort of thing it was yeah. well I said on the YouTube com- commentary yeah. as well I felt sorry for Johnson the centre-back who did a good game I yeah. thought um, normally in a national league you give a lad half a yard like that you won't be punished yeah. But he gave Mullin half a yard, boom, top corner. I felt worried I might have said the wrong thing when I commentated yeah. when I said, uh, you know, not a waste of money. Because obviously what I was referring to was that in midweek the Grimsby fans were all singing what a waste of money at him. And I was saying, no, he's not. But I sort of worried then that it sounded out of context. It may have sounded like I was saying, oh, he's not a waste of money then. Which is why I was then sycophantic for the next 30 seconds on YouTube if you listen to it and then just really kiss it up to him. He is. And Quality. Um, I, I, I've listened to a few um, interviews with him. He's still not like 100% pleased. He wants more. He wants yeah, more goals. Yeah. And that, that, that just shows a player of his quality. Yeah. He could be playing at a championship level. He probably should be. He probably be should be. You know, yeah. there was rumours of championship level clubs going in for him, and yeah. you know, if if he carries on the way he is, I, I can, I can quite clearly see him being at that level. Hopefully, Wrexham. But uh, yeah, 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 I'll get him on FIFA. <laughs> he already is. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, and Hyde's happy with Hyde. Yeah. He's, he, He's scoring goals. He's been that sort of. He's doing that sort of target man role as yeah, well, isn't yeah. he? From time to time as well. Another excellent signing. He's a fantastic striker at this level, mm. isn't he? I mean, you look at them both, and they've both started six and scored three. So straight away you'll take that if they sustain that. If they both start forty over the course of the season, that means you've got two twenty goal strikers. Yeah. If they continue that, um, now I'm not saying that'll happen, but. Well, it could do. There's it also the, 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 the injury worries of Jake Hyde, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, exactly. Which we need yeah. to monitor and um, Ponticelli coming for him against Dagenham. I think he did a good. Yeah, yeah. He had a good Reactions. shift. He had some. Yeah. He had some. He, one thing you got to say about Ponticelli, he, his work rate is brilliant. It yeah. always has been, isn't it? And the ability's there, and he's a great backup for for Hyde, and he's a, he's a he's a good player for this level. Hundred percent. Angus likewise has got yeah. a goal already. Speed as sharp. Well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I've got to say, uh, going back to Hyde for a second as well, part of the issue, no, not issue, that's the wrong word altogether, Hall Johnson's injury I think is a shame for Hyde. I was talking to him at Fleetwood Hyde and saying he must enjoy the way that Hall Johnson looks like he's just been instructed, whip crosses in constantly because Hyde is between the posts all the time attacking stuff and Hyde was saying, you know, I was loving it, loving it. And it's a shame because, like I say, French has done a brilliant job, but he doesn't do that. That's that's not part of his sort of, um, his approach, French, to be ripping constant crosses in all the time, whereas Hall Johnson was and you just felt there was a sort of... Um, Inevitability that if you put enough crosses into the right areas, Hyde's going to score at some point in the match. Yeah, you know, uh, and, and it's a shame in a way that he hasn't had that sort of service. Not criticizing French, but he's not that sort of player. I would argue records 
Ripton more maybe than you expect but you know Hyde may well find it when Hall Johnson's on the right he might get more chances again but they've both done really well and the combination between them just feels so natural as we said in pre-season it's really good it does and it is very exciting times we've got an exciting game coming on Saturday mm. and it's a fantastic away day it's a great day out isn't it yeah. Stockport um, next we're going to talk about our mm-hmm. favourite away days this is Sean Brisley this is Dragon Heart. Well, away days, we've got a massive one, Stockport. Personal one of my favourites. You've had some interaction on Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and nice. We obviously, you know, we'll, we'll Chester, Shrewsbury are, are a given, I think, to a great extent. Um, a bloke called Bill Long, whoever he might be, um, was suggesting Kidderminster catering being a big part of that. They've stopped that, haven't they? There's no Kidderminster Agbara Pies anymore now. The company. No, no, they've That's they've tragic. Stopped. Yeah, that was that was that was amazing. The food there was like nearly restaurant quality. Oh, it was it's, and I remember one Wrexham game where we lost when when their goalkeeper taunted the Wrexham fans yeah, yeah, after they yeah. weren't and everyone was starting going wild yeah. there's fans on the pitch and what have you. I had a cracking cottage pie that day, so it was a great day. <laughs> Who I, cared? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the game when um, it was one of Sufo's earlier games yeah. and he missed a, a really good chance, didn't yeah. he? And, yeah. And he was excited about Sufo coming to the club, but didn't realise that he had a, such a serious knee injury, he couldn't really move. Yeah. Bless him. I had to give evidence to the FA over that goalkeeper. It was really, really weird. <laughs> Nothing came of it in the end. Well... But, uh, he come back for the home game and he got yeah. he got some stick. I think the I think the 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 top guys at Kidman's obviously told him, do not anger these Wrexham fans again because they're a yeah. bit wild at times. But he shouldn't have done what he should have done. No, no. Anyway, <laughs> it was a good day as well from a commentary point of view because weirdness would always happen at Kidderminster whether it was the ball going through the net yeah. uh, and not being given, um, whether it was. Uh, I, I will bore everyone with this story because I've told it so many times but the time when uh, a, a gantry collapsed onto the pitch and held the game up for 20 minutes and Andy Parkinson and myself were commentating and we drew in in order to help us get through the fact that we didn't know how long the delay would be the assistance of an elderly lady who was sitting right in front of us and who thought I don't think understood that we were commentating and thought we were just talking to her throughout the match and bless her, and we were much too polite to tell her to be quiet. So we had to try and commentate around her uh, while making her feel that we weren't ignoring her. So then when we had the stoppage, we got her to talk for 20 minutes about Kidderminster's form. It was beautiful. <laughs> um, and then the fact that there, uh, there was a... Oh, actually, she, uh, she hasn't been there for years when we've been there, but there was a bloke there who was very stroppy. And I, I think I managed to charm him in, by by remembering him and sort of making comments to him that showed I remembered him right before the well, moment he arrived, which meant that he'd then be sort of like my pal and would be like turning around nodding when I said things in the commentary. And it was, it was quite a nice bloke, actually, to be fair. But I was just diffusing him because the first time he was there in front of me, um, he was hard work, I've got to say, just constantly like trying to mouth at me while I was commentating. <laughs> So I think I diffused him quite well. And the ex-pro who sits ne- used to sit next to the away fans commentary who was a bit of an awkward bloke. And that was quite an interesting experience. But I won't say which former Coventry City player it was because if I do, you'll know it's Peter Bodak. Um, <laughs> it's quite strange he was. But I got on okay with him by the end, but it took me a couple of seasons. K- so, Kiddy are a really likeable club, aren't they? Yeah, I find. yeah. Of course, 
wish them be- wish Carrington the best of luck for next season. Let, let, let's let's hope we see them back in the National yeah. League if we get promoted to yeah. a great goal against Chester. Anyway, <laughs> oh, can I just say very quickly again? Yeah. Sorry, that Cislovic goal, ghost goal. Yeah, I don't think I've said this. We really and and, and they're a lovely club, kids and sisters. So yeah. I'm really please don't misunderstand this. But we upset them over the ghost goal because we I, the moment I saw it, I just thought we've got to get this up on YouTube really quickly because this is going to go viral. Yeah. Um. But the thing is, obviously, we've got to wait for their footage. So. I, I rather than leave and wait for them to, you know, maybe give it to Geraint Parry, he would pass her over to me at a later later point in the evening. I stood there and waited for them to copy the footage onto a DVD for me. The 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 computer they were using was an old tower PC which was sitting in the corridor outside the changing rooms. So it was quite weird. I was standing there watching um Andy Morell and Andy Bishop. Andy Bishop were being sent off. Um really going nuts in the corridor while waiting for the DVD and I just thought this is, this is quite fun I'm going to watch all this kick off but then I waited I got it I went home and I managed to quickly turn it around through the, the, the goal up straight away it did go viral we got a hell of a lot of views on it and apparently Kidderminster weren't terribly happy because it was like well you know it's it was our footage I know you know the way National League works, you know, it's yeah. it's it's kind of their footage, yeah. isn't it? It's 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 everybody's footage, but they filmed this. I, I do understand that there's an agreement, unless you're Dover or Boreham Woods, that you can use each other's footage, which nobody argues about. But you know, I'm just looking now. We got four hundred posted seven years ago, four hundred eighty-seven thousand views. It, Not it, bad. It was also the famous bootlegger video as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it, that was that was awesome. But I mean, the thing is that they were a bit miffed. I think that we got that out and we got the viral video out of it rather than them. But the truth of the matter is that they they didn't spot the opportunity. They could have just put it out there, bang straight away. I had to drive back home. I had to wait for the DVD to be burned, and it was like, you know, I've not got that much sympathy for you because you should have spotted that. You could have published that at five o'clock. That's capitalism, folks. There you go. Yeah, I was. Uh, I I, would, I exploited the Kidderminster Brawlers areas. They have to stick to making carpets. The, yeah, the, the town of carpets, aren't they? But yeah, I really like we've 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 done a lot on Kidderminster. Yeah, lovely I like club. It's yeah. a great, I like the grounds. Got a lot of character to it. Yeah, like really likable club, and I, I wish them the best for next season. Absolutely. Other trips. Uh, John Davis suggested York. That's a great call. That is had to be York. Proper old ground on a good day, evening yeah. out to boot. Yeah, York's. A... They're not at the Kit Kat Stadium anymore, though, are they? No, they've, I... haven't they, they have moved, haven't they? Yeah, they built a new one, haven't yeah. they? So it, it may be different. That's I've never shame. been, but I, I, I yeah. used to always love the fact that it's called the Kit Kat Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always hated that because, come on, guys, I mean, this is a traditional stadium and they're calling it that back. <laughs> Yeah, it was always like a uh, like a, like a great day out in York, yeah. and what a wonderful city it is. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? Real old fashioned ground, but basic. I remember one season going in, and the tickets were um, raffle tickets. It was a raffle ticket to get in, and it's like, oh, this is this is not very high tech, but always very welcoming club, very friendly, really likable club, aren't they? Yeah, as well. absolutely. Always, like, I was. It's like in a big sort of it used to be the big housing estates just 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 outside the city walls. Um, I got miffed there one game. I decided I could get there after work to commentate. 
cutting that fine, you know, midweek gig. So finished work, like half three, got in the car, bombing it, and got there, but couldn't find any parking. So <laughs> I drove around, and I found, oh, I was so lucky, behind the away end, the, that road there, there was a space. I thought, yes, I'm so lucky here. So I parked it, I got in with about 20 minutes to spare before the kickoff thing, thank goodness. It was when we were in the football league, and I remember clearly we drew it. Stephen Roberts scored like a 30 yard, it was an unbelievable goal. And so I'm coming out quite happy, thinking, okay. Long drive home now to get over about one in the morning, but nonetheless, you know, stop some chips on the way. This is going to be okay. And I had a parking ticket. And I was like, what? And I'm looking around, I can't. I did have a good luck when I parked. There were no lines on the road. There were no signs anywhere. And I looked, and I swear to you, and okay, I'm banged to rights, but I'm still not happy about it, even now. There was a sign saying no parking, but it was on a wall which was only two bricks high. So it was an ankle height warning not to park. There were no signs up, you know, on posts, just an ankle height, no parking thing. And I just thought, yeah, that felt like a trap. Darn it. So that's my one sour taste of York, (laughs) I would say. Any of us on Twitter? Um, Yes. um, Jack, not Jack. Yeah, Jeff. Jeff Lang saying Torquay, because it's only an hour away from him, so it's his shortest trip. Plus a few in the cider house before and after the game. Torquay. That's a trek. Been, never been. It's just it's. We always seem to be playing on a Tuesday night, and, <laughs> yes, yeah, and it's it's like a million miles away, yeah. isn't it? So yeah, I've never been, but the stadium looks pretty nice from the photos I've seen. Yeah, I I, I sort of liked it before they built. That there's a big stand. Yeah. Um, and I kind of liked it more beforehand because it was quite cozy, and that stand is big. Dude, it's cold. It's really cold that stand. So uh, I kind of enjoyed it more when it was a bit more holy, to be perfectly <laughs> honest with you. But uh, yeah, well, what about you? What, what sort of, if you could pick one. Oh, if I could pick one. To be honest, I've been to more that I disliked. I went to Rotherham's yeah. old ground, yeah. and that was a reasonably quite an intimidating place. I remember getting off yeah. the bus, and there was barbed wire everywhere, and there was glass on the floor, and I was like, right, I was on, I was on like 12. I was like, let's get to the ground and let's go home. Mm. <laughs> and it was no a terrible door. game at, um, I remember who was it who got sent off? It was the year we went down, like Crowell. Fir- Crowell got sent yeah. off in like the first like tenets or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was an awful game. Uh, Chester, I really dislike. I think it's it's Legoland. It's and I always don't. I to be honest, I don't really like the Derby games. They're, they're not very nice. It's too much edge, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's it's just like oh yeah, you see the Chester fans giving you jip on the bus. It's, it's it's too much for me. I like Shrewsbury's old ground. Yeah, yeah. That, that had a lot of character to it. But my favourite ground is where we're going on on um, Saturdays at uh, Stockport. I think you know if the game's boring, you look in the sky and you usually see planes flying <laughs> over. Uh, <laughs> I've been to, my first ever away day was Stockport, so I was always going to have a special place in my heart. Yeah, we beat yeah. them. I'm sure one you got. He scored a few goals. Oh day. yeah, yeah. That was yeah. He scored a hat trick. Yeah, he remember. scored the hat trick, and I, I remember the atmosphere yeah. being really good because they. Got relegated the same year as us, didn't they? I can't remember that. That Probably. game, they p- might have been. There's a good chance. Could have been, yeah. But then I remember going to one where I think we lost like five one. Danny Williams scored an absolute scream. Mm. Do you remember that one? And I remember because there's no roof on one of the the stands, isn't there? I remember yeah. the ball going to the Wrexham crowd and everyone was just chucking the ball around. Some one bloke grabbed it and just threw it <laughs> away, mm. away from the stadium. And everyone cheered. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I, I I've had yeah. mixed games at Stockport, yeah. but. A really nice club, I think, and yeah. a, a big club. 
and a nice ground. They got a massive stand. Yeah, I yeah. like Stockport. Real, real fans as well. I know yeah. it sounds stupid, but I like the Stockport fan piece of sound. I think. What about yeah. yourself? What's your favourite? There's a part of me wants to say the initial experience of going into the National League, and suddenly instead of being in all these sort of identical sort of stadiums that have all been bought and built out of a catalogue that all look sort of yeah. the same and all have pucker pies. I think pucker pies are quite nice, don't get me wrong. You know, but <laughs> they've all got the same catering, yeah. the same air, the same concrete concourse underneath. And then suddenly you go into clubs that were in the football league in the 1930s and not since and, uh, and places of local catering and they just felt more local and you sort of, you suddenly feel more welcomed and like say the home the home team's bar, the supporters' association bar, it's more, oh, you're excellent, oh, it's good to play you. You know, Workington Town stands out from our first season we went down in the FA Trophy. My goodness, what a friendly club that was. I mean, they were just, they were just, I mean, I, I don't mean this in a patronising way because they, they nearly beat us, but they were also just glad to see us. We used to play them in the 30s and and, and what a stadium. I mean, I used to in, in the first season we went down. I used I used to do well, years ago, and as a student, I used to do a bit of like freelance photography, um, not much. And I took my cameras to a lot of the away games, turned up really early, and just took photos of these grounds because they were beautiful to my eyes. Uh, Workington's grounds clearly, well, one stand has been redone, and the rest of it clearly hasn't been touched since the twenties. And it is such a, a sort of atmospheric, I mean, run-down old stadium. But it's great with weird floodlights. I mean, I love our floodlights, but I prefer theirs. They're oh. weird sorts of... I know, I know, I know, I know, no, no, no. So I didn't say... Like rectangular towers. So they don't like taper away like ours. They're just rectangular at the same height pretty much. And then with this weird like rectangular top holding the lights. Really weird floodlights you've never seen anywhere else. And, and oh, just all sorts of little idiosyncratic things. I and, love that. And then, you know, the food is not bought frozen half defrosted in bulk and then slapped there to be warmed through it's a, a local bloke or a fan actually cooking you your food while you wait sort of thing i never i mean you'd be surprised because obviously i'm built like a concrete elephant but the <laughs> um you know i never really ate at football matches much till we went to the national league i've been with the national league for my my ballooning because it's like all of a sudden it's like you go to Kidderminster, you get the, the Agrabah soup. Yeah. You get the fantastic cottage pies, curry yeah. pies. You go to Spitfire and they have the Spitfire burger, which has got every animal known to man in it. Oh, that you, know, you know, I mean, you, you go to, um, well, Workington, okay, Workington, and you get a Cumberland sausage because you are actually up that part of the country. That's sort of, it's great. And it's, it's varied and it's fresh and it's, it's made me so f much fatter than I was. <laughs> So Workington's your favourite then? Oh, if I stop and think I'll come up with our 70 probably, so maybe, I'll, maybe I should stop. But for me, I might have to kick you off Dragonheart for saying that Wrexham haven't got the best floodlights oh, in the whole world. the best floodlights? No, they're the best. They're massive they're not as, they're the best. The, the Workington ones aren't as big as Wrexham's. No. Or is it still the massive? There, there is no floodlights on this planet that are big as, as big as Wrexham's. No, that's true. And on that note... <laughs> We're going to be talking about something a bit more sadder. Hi guys, I'm Dominic Vose and uh, this is Dragonheart. Well, last week we um, paid homage to <laughs> two really important things that happened and 
one is the tragic passing of Alan Fox. Alan, a lovely man. I mean, I, I, I knew him fairly well, actually, um, for a number of reasons. I interviewed him a couple of times, and also he was a great friend of the Supporters Association, even though after he left Wrexham, which is the 60s, he went to manage and play in Ireland and then Hartlepool and lived in Hartlepool, settled in Hartlepool, but he was always a Wrexham fan, even though he picked up a Hartlepool accent, which is quite strange, seeing as he would have been like in his 30s when he went there. Um, but he's lost completely his North Wales accent and had a really thick Hartlepool accent, but a lover of the club. Um, I'll be honest with you, a difficult interview for the simple reason that he's such a lovely bloke that A, he just wanted to chat with you. That can be great in an interview, but not when they're so nice they're asking you about your wife. Or your, yeah, you know your family, yeah, yeah. Um, but also because he was so desperate to hear from anyone from Wrexham about how the club are doing, that it, sometimes he had to really wrangle him back around to talk about himself because he was he would he would want to chat for ages. Especially when I was speaking to him a lot, tend to be when we were having problems with the owners, and then when the fans took over, and he wanted to know every detail of that. So he ended up having a lovely conversation that you couldn't use as an interview because it was me talking about uh, how the situation yeah. is. Lovely, lovely man. Um, genuinely. And Abe was life president of the Supports Association. And he would come back whenever there was a Hall of Fame or things like that. He'd always come back. You know, I don't think, I don't think that he was flush with money by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but he'd always come back. Um, really nice fella. Some of the stories you'd, you'd hear from him. I, I should say as well, I mean, in terms of quality as well. Was he 13th most appearances ever for the club? Uh, over 400 he was he could have been the first Wrexham player to play in the World Cup because that Welsh squad that got to the World Cup in 58 and got to the quarterfinals he was in the preliminary squad so he was in the 40 that was named before it was whittled down to 22 so he could have ended up going to the World Cup he didn't in the end um, and didn't actually play a full cap get a full cap for Wales played like under 23s mm. um, but he was also Oh, he's just told a great story about his debut, which was that he, he came he comes from Flint. He was living in Flint and he was a young lad and he got called up to travel down to Crewe with the first team for a midweek match, which in the 50s was, you know, a fairly long coach journey because the, the roads are much slower. So he goes down, he's actually playing, as it turns out. So he plays in the match at Crewe. The bus comes back to the race course. He's obviously got the train from Flint to the race course. Um, he just didn't occur to him. He was only a teenager and it didn't occur to him that the last train is gone. So when the bus comes and drops him off at the race course, there's, there's no way to get home. So he walked home. So just after making his professional debut, he then walked home overnight from Wrexham to Flint. I'm just wow. like, wow, that's just fabulous. Eh? Wow, it's amazing that these stories are coming to life now yeah. because he's quite clearly a club legend, isn't he? Mm. And it's great for the younger fans to hear these stories that you know footballers, you know, historically in history, not that long ago, yeah. weren't these flash people with the nice yeah. cars and oh, absolutely, yeah, they were literally just working blokes who yeah. come from. The mines and yeah. you know very working class jobs and come and play football and I think 
uh, younger fans really look up on this. And and Alan was like I said before, I, I, you know, he'd made no money out of football, um, like a lot of people who played football in his era. All you get out of football is a testimonial and a limp, yeah. you know. Um, and and yet he was always devoted to coming back across. But yeah, a lot of players would have their secondary jobs, which links into the second thing. Of course, you're alluding to the Gresford disaster, yeah. and exactly why that is so important to Wrexham. Right. Okay. Firstly, obviously there is that link with the disaster because so many fans swapped shifts in order to be down in the mine on Friday, so they could come to the Wrexham game on the Saturday. Okay, that, that's that's obvious, but it also goes deeper. I would argue in terms of the, the whole roots of this town and the culture of this town and how it's all wrapped in inextricably with mining. Um, my, it's not just the supporters; it's players. It's the fact that we could attract players in because we had a mine here. Yeah. Um, you know, we always had a big link with Scotland because Scottish miners who played football. Would be attracted to come down here, and again, you get a, you're going to get a steady wage as a miner, and then you're also going to get extra money playing for Wrexham as well. And there are loads of stories of of players working a shift on the morning. Um, I remember talking to a, another great Wrexham player who, who, who was a teammate of Foxes, who sadly he hasn't been around for a while, um, Ali McGowan, and he was yeah, it was quite common. He would say to be down the mine in the morning. And then come out to play or to train on the same day. Um, it was fairly perfectly common. He, people like him, he came down from Scotland. His brother stayed up in Scotland and essentially became Wrexham's Scottish scout. You have the, the image almost that, uh, you know, mm. in those days the world was so small. But Andy McGowan's brother would go around scouting Scottish lads who were minors and saying to them, Right, okay, son, if you want to come to North Wales. They'll, they'll guarantee you a job. There's loads of collieries around Wrexham and you'll be getting your extra cash from playing for Wrexham as well. And so, you know, that link with mining is deeper than just the fans. It's the players. It's how you attract players in. It, it's 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 all interweaved and, and is why we, we must pay tribute to Gresford's. And I'm glad that we constantly are. You know, with the top. I'm, with our yeah. home top. It's got the, the, yeah. the year on the back of it. And the fact that we were a mining town is what interested Rob McElhenney to look at the club. Yeah, exactly. And the... Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's lovely to see that the new owners totally get it, yeah. And the new owners prioritise with the sh new shirts and things like that. That that we will, um, we will remember that. We will commemorate it. I've got to say the other part of it, which is that it is one of the great sort of unreported scandals. How the families were treated yeah. afterwards. How there was no memorial put up afterwards. You know, we'd basically. It happened in the twenties, and then sixty years later, we got a memorial. That's uh, bull. That's a whole different conversation, yeah. but it also shows how it's important that we don't forget our identity and our roots, and we show that even if at the time there were pl plenty of people who weren't willing to stand up for the miners and their rights, there are still people willing to recognise their importance to this town, and that this town is what it is to a great extent off the back of their toil and we're still here now and we will still remember them and we will still commemorate them. That's the worst mining disaster in British history and we took 60 years to put a memorial up to it because we didn't want to upset wealthy mining families. Well, wow. well at least if even if it's just to keep telling that story and pointing out that people should always fight against that sort of prejudice, then we're doing a, a service 
to those poor lads who are still down there of course no, nobody was retrieved yeah. from the disaster they're all down there under the pantarocken in those fields by there they're all down there and the least we can do is not forget them so it's it's key I, I, you know, I always feel proud when we commemorate that and we did a great we, we're doing a great job of it and <laughs> let's carry on yeah. we, we need to keep on telling these stories and you know yourself you're a teacher you need to be keep telling these kids about this horrific incident that is shaping our town and has helped shaped our town in the future. You know, looking at Rob McLean, who's well, left the club, he's from a mining town, a mining yeah, town yeah. himself, from mining family, and it's it's still to this day talked about in great sorrow, isn't it? Mm. So yeah, it, it's great that we're still paying tribute. I feel proud that we have new owners from a different continent who still see that that's an important part of us I think that makes me feel very very happy about the takeover quite apart from the money but, you know but it's that the values that in some ways are more important and mining disasters are relatable from around the globe as well yeah, yeah. so yeah I think it's 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 amazing and we need to carry it on for mm. years to come absolutely I'm Liam McClendon and this is Dragon Heart. Well, FIFA, I am absolutely <laughs> buzzing that Wrexham are on FIFA, which I think is, it's well, it's huge. It's huge. At the, it's the, we're the first National League club to ever be on FIFA. It's been how many years since we've been in the Football League? Oh, a long time. I can't even remember off the top of my head how many years we've been out, out of the Football League because that means we haven't been in FIFA for a long, long time. And I think it is vital for your club if you are going to succeed uh, from a marketing base that we are in, on, in FIFA. Marketing's good at the moment, isn't it? My yes. gosh, I mean, just the headline, the, the, the headlines we share this year are with FIFA, with TikTok, with Expedia, yeah. you know, with all these huge companies. It's just, it's, uh, it doesn't hurt, does it? <laughs> it doesn't hurt at all. And we've, we've got a good side on FIFA as well. Mullins. <laughs> Rated very highly on it. The, the players, it's nice for them to be on FIFA too. Yeah, to, I'm yeah. sure it's a lot first time for a lot of the players that they're actually going to be on FIFA. Did you it? see Hyde's tweet about top bins? The, the part of the advert was <laughs> no. a, was a was a simulation oh, yeah. of him <laughs> nailing it in the top corner. Yeah. He was quite happy with that one. And I, how mad it there is an EA trailer for Wrexham. Yeah. And yeah. you're talking FIFA as a game is bigger than many many football clubs, mm. isn't it? It's it's such a huge. Thing it's great for the kids. The kids love it. They're going to be buzzing. Yeah, yeah. They're be putting Wrexham onto League Two on their career moments. Like myself, that's the first thing I'm going to do. I'm going to be buying the game. I wasn't going to be buying the game day one uh, this year, but then as soon as I found out Wrexham were in it, I've pre-ordered it already. Yeah. So I am so excited to play my career over Wrexham and inevitably get them to win the Champions League, like we're going to do. Yeah, anyway, just, it's just reflecting reality, isn't it? Really? Yeah. yeah absolutely. It, it is fantastic. I mean, it, it's a fascinating business model that we have now, where a lot of it is intangible stuff, like raising our profile online. Yeah. Like you say, people interacting with. I mean, I, I'm I'm a I have played FIFA. Um, what killed my FIFA career 
was uh, when they started only giving one um, controller out with PlayStations because I wasn't going to cough up 20 quid for a second one. Uh, so that was the point where my patented parking the bus approach to FIFA had to die. Uh, basically, I'd play against my lad and I'd frustrate him for about 60 minutes and then concede three or four goals in a very short space of time. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously, I don't think it's really set up for that sort of tactic. Um, but I'm more of a football manager, man. Right. And, 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 you know, just, just taking this from a... You know, from that perspective, you know, I remember years ago, you know, having some save on Rio Vallecano or somebody like that or whoever. And, okay, maybe that's a bad example because I think I chose Rio Vallecano because I had a certain interest in them yeah. beforehand. But there'll be other times you just pick a random team yeah. and you, you enjoy yourself on it. And all of a sudden, in reality, you have a bit of a soft spot. How many kids around the world are going to be doing that with Wrexham? That weird team, but Ryan Reynolds owns them. Well, and exactly. then developing that affinity if they know the players yeah it's just it, it, like I said it's a different currency from what you normally will trade in as a football owner but it, it's still you know it's valuable and it can really help us to kick on and there's ultimate team as well where people will be using oh right, that's Ryan Reynolds team I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll be using their kits and that's mm. you know, we've seen like Mo Salah in her X-Men kit and things like that <laughs> yeah, which, which yeah. is which is going to be crazy and um, yeah it, as you said already, people picking Wrexham. There's a famous FIFA YouTuber who does career mode, mm. who's picked Wrexham. So and then yeah. he's getting fifty thousand views <laughs> already, it's, and it's just absolutely nuts. It's like the the plot of episode one of Mythic Quest, isn't it? Just as our takeover is also kind of Mythic Quest. Yeah, it's it, <laughs> it it's just. It doesn't stop getting surreal, doesn't it? This yeah. this takeover and the videos of us being in EA and the rest of world thing was mm. really funny. Yeah, and I uh, but that video itself made me realise that these two get the club and they yeah, yeah. get the town. They get that Wales isn't in England, which a lot of people <laughs> from around the globe don't realise that, do they? Yeah. So yeah, it's um, it's they've great. Been, they've been very sure footed from the very very start to show that they really understand things like that. Um, like the rivalry with Chester means more than pretty much anything else. Yeah, yeah. That that sort of sure-footedness is, and and the self-deprecating thing of we are not here to tell you what to do. We don't know much about football. Please teach us. It's just all pitch perfect, isn't it? Brilliant. Yeah, they, pro- brilliant. They, they probably know a lot more than they're letting on as well. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. But it's it also comes over as sincere, yeah. um, and that's nice too. But nah, it's uh, ah, it's all good stuff. It is great stuff. Mm. Um, after this, we're going to be wrapping up the show with a few extra little bits. I'm Jake Hyde, and this is Dragonheart. Well, the women's team were in action the other day. Mm. Fantastic result yet again. Um, yeah, Rosie Hughes, was it now? Um, three games, eight goals. Yeah, That's not bad, is it, really? I was talking about Hyde and... Mullins sort of strike rate, well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> over the course of the season, and that <laughs> she could stack up quite a few. Yeah, <laughs> and I've seen one goal that she's oh yeah she scored on the weekend that was as good as Mullins. It'd be mm. interesting to see if you put a poll up to see who would have won that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, are you, are you saying we should? Maybe we ought to. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> There's a plan. So. But <laughs> yeah. fan, uh, it, it's nice to hear that the, the women's team who are. Back apart as the club, it was one club mm. thing. That's a huge thing, I think, for yeah. the new owners that we are one team, one club. Mm. 
it's nice to see that they are really on track for doing great things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Top of the league. Although this is the only one league game plays, but still, who cares? Um, and yeah, a couple of thumping wins. We won't mention the middle game because they lost it, but yeah, it's good to see. So there's positivity across the board. The youth team have had some good wins lately yeah. as well. Just nice to see lots of stuff going well on the pitch. And let's hope we see the women's team at the race course soon again because um, yeah. it, it was excellent it was yeah. really good to see them play at the race course it was a real historic moment so yeah let's hope we see mm. that again um, also making a return to the race course is Joey Jones yay what a ledge and all you have to hear is if you hear any sort of interview with ex-players on how welcoming and mm. how great of an input he is to their career. Listen to Neil Taylor on the Fearless and Devotion podcast was saying how important. On the what? On the yeah, on the on, on the, the what? What's that? <laughs> on the Fearless <laughs> podcast, saying how much of an influence twice Joey now. Jones was to their career. A player of that caliber, Neil yeah. Taylor. It's great to see that he's he's well. It comes to the race course. A lot of good judges as well, because I mean Joey, obviously. I mean, first and foremost, everyone thinks of him as a wonderful character. He's a genuinely nice bloke. He's a hell of an enthusiast, and people view him that way. But Joe Jones is not a cheerleader. Loads of good, um, knowledgeable people within the game will talk about what a good youth coach he is on a technical level, not just as a, a motivator. Um, yeah, Joey's a master of all trades uh, and, a, and an all-round good bloke too. And it's just, again, just pitch perfect just getting things right yeah. you know that that guy deserves to have an honorary role in the yeah. club as long as he darn well wants to I mean he's, he's tremendous you know oh yes and, and I would argue probably Wrexham's greatest ever player that is a fascinating question isn't it because yeah. how do you define this uh, well you know? he's won a European Cup Fair so point. that's that's why I put him yeah. and Liverpool, you, you talk to Liverpool fans of that generation they regard Joey and very very yeah, highly yeah, don't they yeah. and you're talking not just any old Liverpool teams you're talking one of the best aren't you so yeah oh yeah I mean, and Chelsea team. Chelsea fans oh, really him. like him they yeah. love him as well so yeah you could seriously seriously argue that Joey Jones is our greatest ever player and this is something we're going to be talking about next week so Mark's probably going to put out something a tweet on Twitter mm. uh, on Twitter I'll put a tweet out as well I'll retweet it we want to know who you think is the greatest ever Wrexham player. And, and I'm, I think that's a really interesting one. And it's also fascinating because um, how do you define it? Mm. So on the one hand, Joey won the biggest tournament. Yeah. Does that make him the greatest? That's a fair argument. He played at such a high level all the way through. But then you look at, say, Tommy Bamford's level of goal scoring, only played score over 200 goals yeah. at nearly a goal a game. Uh, you know, you look at the individual impact of, say, Arvon Griffiths playing more games than anyone else, getting us our greatest ever promotion. You look at Andy Morrell scoring goals. Terrific managerial record. It's fascinating. How do you pick Darren Ferguson, this? first person to lift up a tr national trophy for yeah, Wrexham as well? True. You know, yeah, yeah. and if you're going to throw in uh, Joey Jones as a Champions League winner, well, we we more recently we've had a UEFA Cup winner. I can't think of top of my head. Just dropping it straight onto Che there, just to. Oh, I can't think of just top of my head. Cruel. Go on, say it. Christian Jean. Oh, of course, yeah. You know, well, yeah. Oh. <laughs> 
played one and a half games for us. Oh, of course. Nearly, yeah. well, no, no, two half games. For us. One of which was at Workington. Uh, we subbed him at half. No, he came on as a sub and did nothing. He, ca- he came on for like half an hour or so, did nothing. And then he played in the next round against Ebsleys in the quarterfinals of the FA Trophy. We started him, we subbed him at half time. Um, I remember him as a really good player. Won the UEFA Cup with Feyenoord. By the time he came to us, no longer a good player. <laughs> but he won the UEFA Cup so I reckon by your definition uh, top 10 got that's top a, little 10. Bit, yeah, a little bit different I may have taken this slightly out of context but, though but you've got <laughs> many you could, you, you could even argue Dennis Lawrence because he's a man who got he was the first player to play in a World Cup yeah, yeah. partly LDV Vans yeah. team you know there's there's so many different arguments and I'm really looking forward to seeing people's yeah. responses there's no wrong answer in this despite the fact I sarcastically tried to imply <laughs> that he made the wrong answer but Joey Jones is, is not a wrong answer yeah. Dixie McNeil um, Mickey Thomas Dixie, yeah there's so many I mean people who shone when the team was bad yeah. people who shone when the team was great does it mean more that he did well for us in the championship than doing well for us in the National League does it mean more that you didn't do much with us but then moved on and did something fantastic with your career you know Joe Allen yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, he's not a club legend, is he? But nonetheless, how are we defining this? So I, I, that's why I'm interested in, actually. It's not who you pick, why do you pick him? Yeah, uh, I've probably alluded to mine earlier, but I think all-round Joey's yeah. he's got to be up there pound for pound, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. Oh, be, I mean, he's a... We're talking about it already, it's that exciting well. to talk about. And I've, I've literally got to do some research and really think of it, and maybe we could do a top three as to... Mm. Uh, but I'd really like to hear everyone's responses yeah. on this. On YouTube, on Twitter, we're going to put it all out. And you, you tell me, do you tell us what you think? Anyway. Um, I'll keep my powder dry. I'm not going to say who I'm going to nominate. Um, but while you know one of my three is going to be Naughty Naughty. <laughs> Mine's going to be Milango, I think. He's got to be up there. Fair dues to him. And Javi Valero. Got to be the best goalkeeper we've ever had. Man, I mean, that guy. Hey, don't knock it. Good, good keeper, coach. <laughs> it, it, yeah. Benitez thinks. Rafa Benitez definitely yeah. thinks so, so. And he was at West Ham as well, wasn't he? At one point, uh, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's a follower. Well, he's followed Benitez like, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Liverpool, Newcastle, Real Madrid, everywhere. Oh, so yeah. He's had a fantastic career. Shame he had that terrible performance against Tramia that one time. Yeah. Well, that other, several terrible performances. Uh, yeah, well, well, that was now. I, I could be wrong. I'm thinking two all draw at Peterborough, in which he looks a little bit shaky. But oh, okay, that's that's back off him a little. Five one home defeat against Tranmere, <laughs> which few people were satisfied with. And then I want to say that he started at Orient, or was it Chesterfield? And Dennis Smith subbed him at half time. <laughs> when you sub your keeper at half time, there has been this fundamental loss of faith, hasn't there? Exactly. So. Get on to us. Who's the Wrexham AFC GOAT? Valero. Valero. He, he's got to be up there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, please look on Twitter. Mm. Follow us on Twitter. Dragonheart. Follow the Wrexham AFC uh, Twitter. Look at Match Centre for the game on Saturday. Look out for the Wrexham AFC commentary. Uh, we'll be playing Stockport. If you can't make it, it's going to be a big crowd. It's a huge game. So yeah, anything else you'd like to say, Mark? Um. If you get me a Christmas present, Belgian beer will be appreciated. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Sounds like, well, you've asked me to say something. I mean, that's the most important thing I could think of. <laughs> right, that's us done then. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not going to get any more coherent than that. <laughs>
Adios, muchachos. As Chavi Bellero would say. He would have. This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team.